0: This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hello, it's Andy, and we are back for season three. Cheers from the crowd. Let's go. For this first episode of the new year, we are beginning the conversation around wellness trends and predictions for 2023. I have invited Samantha Miker from my team. She's our director of marketing and operations and our in-house trend analyst and expert. I've invited her back to the show. We did an episode last year all around manifestation trends that she was seeing specifically on TikTok. This time we're talking wellness trends. We've decided in season three, we will be bringing you episodes like this often. We have a great lineup of interviews coming up and solo episodes as well. So let's get into the conversation. Welcome Samantha Miker. Let's talk trends. Hello there. Hi, Samantha. Welcome
1: to the show. Hey, Andy. Thank you for having me back. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited to do this. And what is really fun about this is our game plan is to start this season with this particular episode talking about trends, but then to also have you back on the regular to talk trends all through season three for 2023.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite things to talk about and to just like um, vision out for the future. I like to kind of see my background is totally in history. And so it's like, this is like the opposite of that, like the trend forecasting and kind of noticing them. And it's so interesting to me.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that. And our, our episode last year that we together on TikTok trends around manifestation was one of our top episodes ever. So I'll definitely put that episode in the show notes for folks that love to hear about trends because that one was really great. We talked all about manifestation happenings on TikTok. And today we're going to talk about some of these are definitely TikTok-y sort of trends, but some are also more consumer trends and some of the things that businesses and brands are up to, but it's all about wellness for 2023.
2: Yep, yeah, we'll be going through some things that are maybe more on that, like, um, goopy wellness side, and some things that are just um, mental health things that we've just been noticing as like general vibes out in the wellness world.
1: Perfect. Well, let's get into it. You've put together a list. We've got a nice, long list here to go through. And as I was prepping for this episode, some of these I was very familiar with and was like, yep, I've seen this happening or I've been participating in this or I find it to be something that's very valid. And then others, I was like, Samantha, what is this? (laughs) Like, what is happening here? So I'm going to go through each of them and we will let's just talk about each of them. We'll start from the very top of the year. One of the first things that has been a trend in 2023 is the anti New Year's resolution trend. And that goes hand in hand with one of the words of the year. This one's from the Oxford Dictionary, which is goblin mode. So I was looking up exactly what the definition of goblin mode is. And goblin mode specifically is a type of behavior, which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. So as I read that, I feel like there's a little bit of anti-New Year's in that, but it's, this goes way further. So let's talk first about anti-New Year's resolutions and then how we go from being like, Not so about the resolutions to going full goblin mode.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. It's like goblin mode is taking it a step further. I think that anti New Year's resolutions is is something that I think we heard a lot about in 2022 as well. Um, So I don't think that it's necessarily new, but I feel it even more this year. I mean, we're recording this in the middle of January, and I feel like Everyone that I've talked to, whenever the topic of like New Year's resolutions comes around, people are kind of like, mm, I'm not really into it. Like, I'm, I'm not setting that up for myself. Um, and what they're kind of transitioning to instead is like these general intentions and general visions, like high level visions and aspirations for the year rather than like these set goals of like, I'm going to lose, especially this goal, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds, you know, like I'm going to lose weight. Um, I think that that's something that across the board we're seeing less of is those like really, really um, kind of standard resolutions that we're used to seeing. Um, one example is that Equinox actually had an anti New Year's resolution campaign, where they banned new membership signups on January 1st, which is usually when a gym gets like the most amount of signups. Um, and this definitely did not, it backfired a little bit for Equinox, because of course, it's been in their um, marketing campaigns for years, you know, this concept of like, new year, new you, you know, take it on. But even they're catching on to the fact that like, This is something that we're not into anymore. What do you think, Andy?
1: Yeah, I I think that, well, there's a couple of things that are coming up for me. One, if we're living by the cosmic calendar, we're coming through a Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde just ended. So I would never advise anyone to be setting like big life-changing resolution type of goals during that particular time period, during a Mercury retrograde. Or a Mars retrograde. And just because the Gregorian calendar turns on January 1, it doesn't mean that we physically, emotionally, mentally are quite ready to make big shifts in our lives. It's also the middle of the winter. For most of us, it's really, really cold during that time. And that is not necessarily a great time either to be making big shifts. It's really a time to be resting, to be doing that hibernation. In regards to this equinox campaign, I checked it out after you shared it with me. I am someone who's been considering going to Equinox. There's a new one that just opened in my neighborhood, so I've been really thinking about it. And some of the things I read about the Equinox campaign is that it felt quite elite, elitist. And the reality is, Equinox as a company feels quite elitist. It's like the fanciest gym you're going to find, tr- truly. So you know, it doesn't feel that it doesn't feel that off for what they how they normally approach things, and still. They did get some virality out of it. So there's more eyes on Equinox maybe than before. So I think they they subtly won despite the fact that they're getting some, a little bit of blowback about it.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that the general theme here um, is not necessarily like a lack of um, ambition, I don't want it to sound like that. It's more of a like listening to your own intuition um, and kind of not allowing like society's expectations to dictate like what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and I think that that's something that as we kind of go through this list, that's going to be a theme that comes up like more and more throughout it. Um, and I think it also so when we talked about goblin mode, being the word of the year. Um, That's really like from this trajectory where, you know, when we went into the pandemic, um, there was, you know, on one side of the spectrum was this newfound uh, way of optimizing yourself, you know, a lot of people, um in an effort to like, create more structure to their daily routine, they got into really optimizing. And because they were into optimizing, they were also getting into wellness. And in some ways, now we are kind of entering more of an age of like, hedonism, or at least in this year. Um, and so that's what the term goblin mode really speaks to is kind of this like, well, I'm gonna do actually what I'm gonna do is what feels best to me. Um, so it's not necessarily like, Um, allowing your worst intentions to take over. But it's definitely like allowing yourself to, you know, soak in the pleasures of your experience and not stick to like these more rigid uh, structures.
1: Yeah, yeah, that I can get behind. I can get behind the feeling like, I'm just going to do me and maybe even leaning into a little bit of self indulgence, really leaning into pleasure. The part of the definition that's like, this is also greedy, that I would leave behind. And I would encourage anyone who's considering getting into goblin mode to leave that part behind, but do the things that let the social norms or the expectations go and do the things that feel pleasurable to you, and the timing that feels right for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, and another thing that I had on this list, um, was this book by Trisha Hersey. Um, it's called rest is resistance, a manifesto, You might also know Trisha as the founder and creator of the NAP ministry. Um, And really her perspective is rooted in um, spiritual energy. And it's also really centering black liberation um, and somatics and Afrofuturism. And just to break all that down for you, basically what she's pushing for is like the liberating power of rest. And really using daydreaming, idle time and naps as a foundation for healing and justice, um, which is incredibly powerful. Um, so when you think about goblin mode and hedonism in that way, too, it also brings to mind um, Adrienne Marie Brown and their um, pleasure activism. You can really see it as as something that's really empowering um, and honestly really aligned with wellness as well.
1: Yeah, I love rest as a form of resistance. We all owe it to ourselves as human beings to take good care of our bodies. And one of the things that we know in the Western world is how prioritized up until perhaps now, and certainly still in some cases, it has been to be productive, to be efficient, to be busy, to be the person who's at the office at 8am working till 6pm then goes out with friends like there's no there's no space for rejuvenation in that process. And we also know, scientifically, it is proven time and time again, that sleep is incredibly important to our well being to our mind functioning to our brain power. So let's let's prioritize rest in 2023. Most definitely.
2: Yes, definitely. And with that, let's also try to prioritize just some idle time in our day. I think that in 2022, we really felt the acceleration speed up on everything in the world. Um, And this year, I think is going to be much more about like, tuning back into some of that idleness and feeling that the value of that as well
1: brilliant, I think that that is exactly what we need for this year, okay, A couple of other things on the list that are real health impactors are some of the things that we 're putting into our body and so on this list, we have a couple of different foods and i don 't know if the second one that i 'm going to share is really a i guess it is a food you eat it, but the first one's mushrooms. Mushrooms are now going way, way beyond just something that we ingest. It's also now being highlighted as a key ingredient for skincare. We're introducing it into the product line that we're creating later this year. The second ingredient or the second food that I wanted to talk about is sea moss. My introduction to sea moss was at Airwan, my favorite grocery store in LA, when it was in the Haley Bieber smoothie. So let's talk about mushrooms and sea moss.
2: Yeah, so I've been seeing both of these things come up on all of these trend lists. Um, mushrooms is something that I definitely have been seeing out in the world, especially when people talk about um, adaptogenic um, mushrooms, thinking about reishi and lion's mane. Um, and these things, I think we've already seen them in the form of supplements. And we've already seen them in the form of like... um powders for making lattes, etc. But I do think that, like you said, Andy, we're going to see it more in our skincare and in other forms in 2023, for sure. Um, and then it's not even limited to see moss. It's also expanded into basically like anything any kind of uh, vegetable, <laughs> it wouldn't be a vegetable, any kind of plant, we'll say plant that comes from the sea is definitely on trend in 2023. So we're also seeing a lot of um, seaweed snacks. I don't know if you've ever tried that, Andy. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Oh yeah, I love the seaweed snacks. Yeah, they're my favorite. And then also um, green algae and also red algae. Um as well as some other seaweed superfoods out there. Um, we're seeing a lot of, this is all from Pinterest. Pinterest Trends says that the searches for seaweed snack recipes and green algae and nori recipes are up by 245%. So I definitely think that we'll be seeing that more in 2023, as well as while we're talking about green things. Chlorophyll. I'm seeing that as well.
1: Definitely. Going back to the conversation about mushrooms, when we started researching mushrooms as a potential and very potent ingredient for the skincare brand that we're creating, I went and took a look at okay, what are board-certified dermatologists saying about mushrooms in a skincare routine? Is it is it more of kind of vanity for branding that putting a mushroom on your label, people maybe will take a second look, or is there actually something? within the power of mushrooms that actually makes a difference. And there's a doctor, she's a board certified, certified dermatologist. Her name is Azadeh Shirazi. And she said that there is a particular ingredient. It's called veratric acid. It's found in mushrooms and it has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties that specifically help skin with the signs of aging, which I know so many of us are thinking about. Mushrooms are also rich in fatty acids and ceramides, things that we hear a lot about too for our skin. Those are ingredients that help to boost hydration and support the skin barrier. And when we think about oxidation, there's a particular mushroom that's really, really great with both hydration and supporting anti-oxidation, and that is the snow mushroom. So we're putting the snow mushroom and quite a few of the products that we're creating because they are very well known from a board certified dermatologist perspective to be really powerful ingredients. So I'm sure we're going to see more of that coming in the future. So tell me then about internal shower drinks. What is an internal shower drink?
2: Okay, so I actually just saw this on TikTok. And basically, okay, here's the recipe. So you mix a tablespoon or two of chia seeds into a glass of water. And then you squeeze lemon juice into the glass. And then you drink that it has to be on an empty stomach. So basically, on TikTok, they're saying that it's kind of like, it's an internal shower for your body. And the less, uh, we'll say sexy part of it is that it's supposed to, um, release constipation, very sexy. Um, but basically the idea is that if you drink it on a daily basis, that you're supposed to kind of detox your body. Um, now this is where we start getting into some of these things in the wellness trend world, um, that, I personally get a little skeptical about the need to detox your body in particular is something that I think comes out of diet culture and also is maybe not necessary at all. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think, Andy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have a liver for a reason. Its job is to detoxify any potential toxins that are coming in through the things that we ingest and I say let the liver do its job. I do think as I was thinking about this chia seed idea, chia seeds have a lot of fiber. And most of us, I think there's it's something like less than 10% of us get enough fiber in our diets. So this would be a great way to add more fiber into our diets. And we do know that fiber does serve a purpose in moving things through our intestinal tract and keeping us healthy in that way. We also just as a general population don't necessarily get all the fruits and veggies that we need. A chia seed is, is supporting what a fruit and veggie may do in our body. So perhaps it's not a bad idea, although I think the name of it is kind of strange. But I think it, I think it could definitely have some health benefits. And I think if you were to talk to your nutritionist, they would say, well, you know, like this once a day is certainly not going to harm you and maybe could even have some some positive impact too.
2: Yeah. And I think that this is so classic. This is such a classic TikTok viral thing, right? It's a simple recipe. It's something that everybody can try. You know, most people can gather together these like three ingredients and at least try it out. And it does have an interesting name. It also reminds me of I don't I haven't seen these in a while, actually. But do you remember there used to be those like chia seed drinks? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. And it would be it would serve the same purpose as this most definitely.
2: Right, right. So now I'm thinking it just occurred to me. I'm like, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, they've just like given us our own like DIY recipe Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah, I used to
1: drink a chia seed kombucha pretty regularly and just haven't really seen it on the shelves in a while, but definitely was a thing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, the next one that I want to talk to you about, the next trend is probably something that shouldn't necessarily be a trend, but maybe it's something we're just starting to pay attention to is um, our hormone health. So let's talk a little bit about hormone health. And also with that, there's a conversation around really understanding the natural cycles of our body. I personally have recently really been dialed into the natural cycles of my body as Ben and I have been trying to get pregnant as we're considering um, having a baby. We've been having to really work with my cycles. And it occurred to me as I was getting started on this, and I'm obviously like a grown-ass woman, that we really don't learn much about the phases of our body from a menstrual perspective or how our hormones work when we're in like health ed or sex ed when we're young. And so a lot of us, even going to our OBs or to our GPs, unless we're asking questions, we're not getting educated about our hormone health, our hormone health, or how our cycles work.
2: Yeah. And so when we think about hormones, I'm kind of thinking about a few things. One thing is that you know, especially for women, our hormones are so important, and there just isn't really a lot of solid research on how they work or how we can keep them regulated. And I think that this has opened up a opportunity for a lot of people online to fill that need. And so, when we're talking about like hormone health and also syncing to menstrual cycles. There is some disinformation out there for sure, but there's also a lot of really, really great information that's coming out that i found super interesting. So first, when we think about hormones, something that we think about is our cortisol levels. And I've definitely been seeing a lot of conversations about how to keep our cortisol balanced. So cortisol is like nature's built-in alarm system. It's the main stress hormone And it works with different areas in our brain to control our mood and our motivation and our fear. Um, And so when people are thinking about how to balance it, um, they're really thinking about how to release that stress. Because if you have so much ongoing stress in your body, it can lead to adrenal fatigue. Um, And adrenal fatigue really feels like um, depression and headaches And also trouble sleeping. So I've been seeing that. And then when we think about syncing to our menstrual cycles, something that, and it's wild to me that I'm just now learning this, and tell me if this is the first time that you've heard about this too, is the different phases of our menstrual cycle, like the luteal phase. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I definitely
1: have. And I've kind of worked with those phases with my, my energetic output in terms of how I schedule my production time of my work week based on my cycle. I'm not super religious about it. Like I'll check in and be like, which, which phase, which phase am I in right now? Like, what can I expect? I know that there's certain parts of the month that I'm going to be more creative. There's certain parts of the month where I'm going to need a whole lot more rest. I definitely have a couple of women that I work with in our Qantas CEO program that are really committed to really aligning their, output to the cycle that they're currently in the particular phase that they're in, in their cycle. And I think there's a lot of power in that.
2: Yeah, definitely. So if this is the first time that you're hearing about this, basically, there are four main phases of the menstrual cycle. And so there's menstruation, there's the follicular phase, there's ovulation, and then the luteal phase. So Previously, I had heard of menstruation, obviously, and ovulation, sure. But follicular, (laughs) the follicular phase, and the luteal phase were totally new to me. And the way that people are talking about it is really around like, how to sync, just like you were saying, how to sync their work, Mm -hmm. how to sync workouts in particular. I see that a lot on TikTok people saying like, this is what I do while I'm in my follicular phase. And it looks a lot different than what they might do while they're in menstruation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: It's, it kind of aligns with the cycles of the moon. If you think about the follicular phase as the growth phase, so like what's actually happening in the body is the follicles are growing, eggs are beginning to develop. They haven't yet been released. That's going to happen at ovulation. So it's kind of like that waxing moon phase where it's like doors are opening, you get that creative spark. Your juices start flowing. Then you get to ovulation, and it's like you just want to do it. You just like want to create the baby. And in and in like the moon cycles, it would be like this is full moon time. It's like really high vibe. Things are like super, super like sexy in all realms. Then you get to the luteal phase, and it's like all right, the light has been like coming from the heavens, and now we get a chance to start to slow down before we begin to release during. Menstruation, and I want to say this too about hormone health. One of the hormones that has the biggest impact on our body, as well, talking about cortisol, so important. But the other one that's really important is our melatonin production. And one of the easiest ways to really focus on hormone health in regards to how we're sleeping and how we're feeling throughout the day in terms of energy is to get out first thing in the morning. This is this is like we know that the We know that the uh, circadian rhythm has so much power, but getting out and getting some sunshine makes a big impact in how we're feeling with our sleep and how we're feeling energetically and is one of the easiest processes that we can, or one of the easiest routines we can add into our day is just getting outside and getting some light in your face to make a quick hormonal adjustment.
2: Definitely. And I will say too that I have been a religious melatonin taker for like the last five years, every single night I take melatonin. And that's not necessarily how you're supposed to use it. But this year, I did switch to magnesium. Mm -hmm. And it has made a huge difference. I feel like I have my sleep cycle back, like I can actually fall asleep on my own again. And just that has like released so much anxiety, because we know that like when we can't sleep, oh my gosh, it just like messes with everything in our mental it's so, health. It's so
1: very true, yeah. And you could take that magnesium and then add into your routine ten minutes of early morning sunbathing. And I have a feeling you would feel you feel really good. That would feel nice.
2: I have to yeah. try that. The other thing that people are trying t- with their hormones is seed cycling. So seed cycling is really this practice of eating specific seeds during the follicular and luteal phases of the menstrual cycle. Um, and it's supposed to reduce P- PMS symptoms, it's supposed to boost fertility, and it can also help stimulate menstruation if it's absent. So if you're trying to um, get yourself aligned with the, with the full moon, perhaps you can try seed cycling to align your menstrual cycle. Um, and you know, when I think about this, I think that it's a supportive practice. And I think that anybody who wants to try it can, I don't think that there's any negatives to it. Um, and if you find it to be a supportive practice, then that's great. Um, but I do see this, I have seen this out here and I have seen a lot of reports saying that this isn't necessarily, um, a helpful, effective practice, but I think we'll continue seeing it in 2023 too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. An interesting one to pay attention to. Okay. The next one I want to chat about, I've definitely been seeing this it's called mouth taping and face taping in general i bought a product sometime last year i cannot remember the name of it i was definitely sold this product through an instagram ad it was not mouth taping i want to talk about that in just a second but it was face taping and the idea was you would go to bed at night and then like tape up your face and like <laughs> and like tape down your like eleven lines around your eyebrow like i can't remember all of the different parts of my face that i was supposed to tape and then the idea was that it would kind of, the tape would hold your face in place while you're sleeping versus letting your face get all smushed up in the pillow. And that's good for the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. I don't know how effective it is, but the woman who was selling it on Instagram, I definitely was like willing to buy whatever she's doing. She claimed she had never had Botox a day in her life. And she definitely, she definitely had great skin and she wasn't 20 either. She was, she was like a woman who's around my age, and she said she'd been doing this forever. The mouth taping one, brand new, but I totally get it because it's like when we're not breathing properly, the idea with mouth taping, by the way, is that you tape your mouth closed while you're sleeping. And if you're not breathing properly while you're sleeping, you're certainly going to have more challenges sleeping. So what are you saying about these these taping trends, Samantha?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely seeing them all over TikTok. There's like this... um, this trend of kind of showing your nighttime routine and it goes along the things that I think I've seen before. People are doing their skincare, they're slugging their but then it's like they put their tape on their face and I was like, what is going on? Um, so with the mouth taping, it's definitely that one's more for sleep and it's supposed to help you sleep better because you're actually breathing through your nose and we do know that like breathing through our nose versus breathing through our mouth, it promotes um, less anxiety. It also can help us sleep sounder throughout the night. And it can also s- stop snoring, um, which if you have a partner that you share a bed with <laughs> that snores a lot like me, love you, <laughs> but <laughs> he does. It's a really, really good thing to do. It helps with that. It can also help with your skin, your mood, your digestion. It can reduce brain fog. And also somehow it can create a sharper jawline. So same thing with other face taping. They actually call it, it's like the new natural Botox because it actually like pulls your face into place and then you're not like smushing your face throughout the night. The first time I heard about it was there was this TikTok, um what do they call this a TikTok filter, where it would mirror one side of your face. So that way you could see like, if how symmetrical your face was on the left and the right side. And people would find most of the time that one side and it was usually the side that they slept on, looked a lot different than the side than their left side. And it usually looked a little bit more puffy a little bit more, we'll say droopy, a little bit less elastic Mm -hmm. on that side. And so the face taping was a way to kind of counteract that throughout the night. And I've also seen some pillows come out where actually they like they look really strange, they actually cradle your head throughout the night. So that way you don't sleep on either side of your face. And you're just kind of like, facing up all interesting. Night while you have your tape on. Okay.
1: All right. I think it's a really a matter with the taping as if it's, it's like, are you comfortable? Like, is it more uncomfortable? Are you getting worse sleep because your face is all taped up? Or are you someone who can like set it, forget it and go to sleep? I think that's kind of, that's the vibe. Another thing that we're seeing in terms of trends that you put on this report is around, and this is also around taking good care of your facial skin is face, facial icing and ice baths for your face kind of a different different uh, vibe than like a full ice bath. So the very first time I ever saw the facial icing was a woman who's a good friend of mine. She flies a lot and she would post on her stories that her number one tip after being on a long flight was to or actually while being on a long flight is she would rather than asking for a beverage when the flight attendants would come around she'd ask for a cup of ice and she would ice her face intermittently throughout the flight to keep circulation keep that blood flow going to this surface skin and she'd get off the plane and she's like i look and feel great ice baths, similar idea. What's happening is there's an increase in blood flow. So what are you seeing from a trend perspective? We know these things, specifically the ice baths, we know they they have scientific benefits. We've seen evidence. We've definitely seen Huberman Labs and some of those guys talking about the benefits of ice baths. Actually, in the book that I have coming out in two months or three months, we have some hydrotherapy, specifically cold water baths as a recommendation, it's really good for all of us. So what are you seeing from a trend perspective?
2: Okay, so I'm not sure who necessarily um, originated this trend. But if I had to guess, I think it came from Bella Hadid and Kourtney Kardashian. I've definitely seen them post about doing they call it a ice bath facial. I think we've already seen um, de-puffing tools on the market, you know, like those ice rollers that you can get. Um, but this is a little bit different. And it goes along with what you're saying. It's, it's like taking a cold shower in the morning, but just for your face. So the thought is that hot water really strips away our natural oils and also tends to dry out the skin. But cold water is supposed to constrict the blood vessels and temporarily tighten the pores and reduce redness and puffiness. So like you get that kind of like glow, that radiant like glow from within. Um, and so basically what people are doing is just having a bowl with ice water in it and then just dunking their face in that instead of using an Hmm. ice roller. I'm kind of about it. It's kind of just like a, yeah, it's like a cheap dupe. I kind of like it. Actually,
1: now that I'm thinking about it, also in the book, we have an ice facial mask and it's basically like taking like a piece of muslin cotton, just something really, really lightweight. You don't want to put the ice directly on your face. I don't know about the dunking the face in the ice water. Maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. I could I could give it a try. But taking ice cubes, wrapping them in muslin or a light cotton, even like a very light, like linen t-shirt would work. And then just placing that on your face and letting it sit for 10 minutes or so to help with the de-puffing. And that is actually in the book. So maybe I was ahead of the trend on this one.
2: Always. my best.
1: Okay. The next one I want to talk about is a type of workout and it is the 12-3-30 workout and along these lines there's also a lot of there's a lot of focus on the under the desk treadmills just doing more gentle movement we obviously last year learned about hot girl walks which is basically a walk in which you are telling yourself really beautiful things and maybe you're turning on your favorite podcast love that for exercise so tell us what the 12 3, 30 workout is
2: okay so 12 3, 30 is a treadmill workout where you set the incline to 12%. And then you set your speed to three miles an hour. And then you just walk for 30 minutes. So you're basically walking uphill for 30 minutes on the treadmill. And so a lot of the, the TikToks that you see about it are like these big before and after kind of transitions. But I think that about how effective it is, but I think that this, like you were saying, I think that this points to kind of a larger movement to more low intensity movements um, versus going to a cycling class or hitting up a HIT class. Um, I think that Gen Z in particular is just not a fan of that kind of like, hustle mentality around exercise and fitness. And they're learning that like, this is just as effective. And all you have to do is move your body. And going back to kind of where we originally started in this conversation, again, just focusing on like, what feels good in your body. So many people are afraid to start an exercise routine, because they're afraid that they're not going to do it right, or that it's going to feel bad, that they're going to feel like they're punishing themselves. When in reality, it's like, any kind of movement like this is something that you know that works it works totally. for you yeah so, yeah so
1: when I was checking this one out I found the Instagram page of Lauren Geraldo she is said to be one of the first 12 3 thirty fitness gals and she has a company now called 12 and this is what she teaches is this slow exercise gentle exercise really allowing yourself to have what you'd call these exercise type snacks, really low intensity movement, and that this is exactly as you said, something that is as impactful. And it's important that we give ourselves whatever it is that we truly need versus forcing ourselves into some sort of routine that ultimately doesn't feel good to us. So feeling what Lauren has put put out there and I'm all about a hot girl walk 12, 330, whatever it is for you, take good care of self just move your body into that. The other thing we're seeing is a return to collective wellness practice, exercise classes, being back, being able to be together in person to work out again. I was one of those people at the beginning of 2020 that did such a great job with maintaining my yoga routine. I was there for like six, nine months doing yoga at home every day. And then I like hit a wall and was like, man, I just miss being in a room with people. And I was in a class a couple of weeks ago, it was one of my favorite teachers just so so it was the vibe of the class was amazing. And one of the things I noticed that I was enjoying so much was just that collective energy of moving in a room with other people. And I left that class that day and was like, damn, I'm so glad this is back.
2: Definitely. This is actually the first year that I have attended a lot of workout classes. And I've really enjoyed it. I found that um, most of the classes that I'm going to are more like yoga classes, definitely low impact. But then I'm also getting to like, try out new things, which has been really cool and making connections with the people who are there, which is just like, helped coming out of the pandemic to meet new people. Um, So I definitely think that this is going to continue. I think people are excited to be out in the world as much as they can. So this makes sense. to me.
1: All right, two more that I want to talk about. One of those two is something we have talked quite a bit about on this show. And it is the idea of sober curiosity. I also live in Los Angeles. And there are as many people that are Sober curious, and even going to bars and ordering drinks that are um more of the the mocktail, but it's even like gone way above and beyond mocktails there's there's like products now like Ken and Gia, these really great drinks that you can like be at a bar and feel like you're hanging out and like enjoying the experience of the social gathering without having to drink alcohol and I see a ton of that going on in l a but I think that that's something that is starting to move through the bigger collective. And I think the reality is we're starting to really understand that for most of us, alcohol is not great. Now having a glass of wine here and there or whatever is the thing for you, totally like you do you. But we're finding that like in our health journey, alcohol has a lot of potential challenges, whether that's your hormones or other parts of your health, your mental health, um, your weight, those types of things. So what are you seeing from a trend perspective in regards to sober curiosity?
2: Yeah. So I think that sober curiosity is not necessarily new, um, for this year, we've definitely seen a lot of interesting, um, mocktail or drink alternatives kind of come out. I'm thinking about kin and Gia, Um, and there are definitely more and more coming out on the market all the time. But one reason why I think that this is a trend to watch out for is the fact that there have been so many studies recently about how Gen Z really doesn't drink. There's actually a decline throughout the generations in terms of drink of drinking. And they think that it's not necessarily happening because, of any kind of like social policy. Um, but also because Gen Z is just generally not into risky practices in general. Um, they've also seen that like drug use and sex and smoking in general are down for Gen Z. And so I think that it's something that, you know, younger people are kind of wising up to as well. And on TikTok, there is a hashtag called Sober Talk that definitely has a lot, a lot of views. And I'm seeing more and more cocktail recipes come out with a mocktail alternative in the recipe card.
1: I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm on my, I don't know, fourth, fifth year of my sober life. And never, it was never intended to be a full forever sober life. It was always intended to be a sober curious life, but I haven't felt a reason to go back. So I'm, I'm feeling that. I like, I like seeing more of that. Okay. The last one I want to talk about is the lucky girl syndrome, a hashtag we're seeing on TikTok I hear, and this is kind of like a a version of manifestation. So Samantha, what is lucky girl syndrome?
2: Okay. So this is, we're like, we're right on the front lines of this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it really, I just started seeing this on TikTok a couple days ago. And some people have called it the smuggest TikTok trend yet. Um, And it's really, I don't even want to call it manifestation. But it's definitely a spin on manifestation. It's kind of like um, the secret 2.0. Um, And it's generally the belief that the positive thinking will help you achieve your goals. But it's kind of like, It's married with the idea of main character syndrome, which is like believing that you're the main character of everyone's story and not just your own, and that there are ways to be the main character. And so lucky girl syndrome is basically like you are the main character and you are the lucky girl, like you are going to be lucky all the time. So the idea is that if you act as if, Or if you believe that you are going to be lucky, or you believe that everything is going to work out, that you are going to have positive results. And I really think that this is kind of the new 369. If you remember that trend from our last manifestation trend episode, Um, this is the thing that I think all the girls are going to be talking about in 2023. Mm,
1: Interesting. And I think that a trend like this, if you're really considering how do you bring this into your life there could be some really good benefits to this acting as if acting as if acting as if we've been talking about this in the lifestyle lab which we have a couple more weeks before we wrap up that program there is there is some real value to moving through your imposter syndrome recognizing that you have so much more power than you give yourself credit for and then acting as if and i think on the other side of that we have to be mindful of spiritual bypassing so There's a little bit of a tiny bit of CBT, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which basically says that your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all connected and influence each other. And so if we can be, if we can create a cycle in which we really start to believe that I do have a lucky life, I have a lot of beautiful things in my life, then perhaps there could be a really great impact on how you are showing up and taking care of yourself day to day.
2: Right. But obviously manifestation can't just stop there, right? It can't just stop there.
1: We can't just be lucky girls and then everything comes our way. That's
2: true. <laughs> I really wish that that was the truth, but that might not actually be it. I do think to, you know, I think that there's, all, as always, multiple ways to look at it. I think on the one hand, um, having somebody say like, Oh, you just need to think positively when you have like, genuine mental health totally. struggles is really an unhelpful thing. But on the flip side, it can also release a lot of anxiety to release yourself from the need to control the the outcomes of a situation. And to just, you know, give yourself the um, the affirmation that things will work out no matter how. Yeah, things Yeah,
1: absolutely. And we know a part of manifestation that isn't included in this thoughts, feelings, behaviors is the taking action part of the process. And to, to your point, it's really important to acknowledge that there's a lot of challenging things going on in the world that even when we're taking action, sometimes we can't necessarily get around those challenges and we have to then consider okay how am I going to exist in this world despite the challenges that I'm faced with each day. I think a way you could use this lucky girl syndrome idea. We have an exercise on WeWe we Studio on our website that's called an essence statement exercise and it's basically it's basically using this idea of creating affirmations that really reflect who you are so perhaps in your essence statement you say i am a lucky girl and then you elaborate a little bit further about all the other really amazing attributes of the person that you are and then behind that you begin to put some really good action into place of creating creating the future that you want to live so that's my that's my feeling about the lucky girl syndrome Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, this has been so much fun to have this conversation, Samantha. Thanks for bringing these trends our way. And we're going to be doing this way more often. So get ready, everyone, to get tapped into the trends from a place of wellness and from a conversation of um, all of these different components of our health, our mental health, our physical health, our um, spiritual health, and... Each of these things really makes up our total well-being. So, Samantha, thanks thanks so much.
2: Thank you for having me. And we'll have to join back at the end of the year and see totally, if we got these right. Totally, totally. All right, I'll see you next time. All right, thank you.
0: And with that, the first episode of Season 3 is complete. I want to ask you a favor. If you have not yet done so in our first two seasons, if you could please drop down onto your phone app right now, whatever platform you're listening to this show on, and give us a five star review if you believe that that is what we are worthy of. Also, if you have an opportunity to leave us some feedback, let us know what you think about the show, guests you'd like to see, topics you would like to hear about. You can either send us that information on our podcast Instagram page at your woo BFF or go ahead and leave it right there on the review page give us a follow at your woo BFF and as a reminder we had a bonus episode last week that episode was with herbal face food and we are giving away $500 worth of product to win that product simply share last week's episode on your Instagram page on your stories or your feed either way is perfect with much love and support as we move into 2023 this is your woo woo best friend and i'll be back again next week